0: Today on Seeking Wisdom, we're going to talk about why great products don't always win.
1: We're back!
0: I can hear, I can always Ooh. hear the music coming. Uh, mm. Okay, so we're going to talk about why great products always win, but... uh Don't I, always win. Uh, don't always win, yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. Great products don't always win, but... People think that great products always win.
1: That's for sure. Like,
0: all you got to do is build a great product.
1: And they will come.
0: And they will come. Uh, but before we dive in on that, there's one other thing I wanted to ask you. uh Uh-oh. So something that comes up all the time is, like, we talk about learning and knowledge and all the time, right? Dave has
1: a weird look on his face right now. <laughs> so I'm nervous. Because
0: I want I want you to articulate this for people that are listening. Okay. You always say something like, I'm not going to articulate it, but, like, you know, I'm always like, ah, should should we share this? Or, like, should I share this thing I'm reading? Or, like... Or I say to you, like, wow, all the answers are pretty obvious, like, once you read them. Yep. And you kind of have this saying, which is, like, people already know all the answers. Or or they're not going to do it. It's okay to share the secrets because the majority of people aren't going to do anything with it. Yes. I, I want you to talk about that so ex- for a second. Like, expound on that? Like, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Let's go into that. You get what I'm asking? Yeah,
1: yeah. So yeah. I say that all the time. I say, like... um, we already know the answers, right? Yeah. And we're reminded of them all the time, right? Deep down, we know what the answer is, and uh, and then I also say when Dave is when, when we're talking about sharing things that we've learned, should we share them? Because oh no, a competitor might or you know a competitor might hear what we're doing. Yeah. I say share it; they're not going to do it anyway uh, because people need to be in the right frame of mind. And uh, you need to be at the right point. It's all about context to me. You've got to be in the right context to be able to hear and learn from these lessons. So um, until you're in that right context, you can read it a thousand times. It's not going to make sense to you. And that's why learning is so much about um, not only reading – Digesting, listening, whatever format you're taking on, that you're taking into learning, but it's as much about application as anything else. And until you apply yourself, until you put yourself in the right situation, until you have the right context, in other words, you can't begin to learn.
0: So this is what what we even talk about on the last episode, which is about like working out. Yes. Like you know the you know the secret.
1: Totally. And I you know, everyone's guilty of it. I'm totally guilty of, of it. Like I'll geek out, example. read a bunch of stuff on whether it's CrossFit or body weight this or that and I'm following, I'm looking at videos, I'm reading, I'm um, doing everything. Until like until I actually try to apply it, none of it will make sense to me. I could read all about perfect form. I could like study yeah. perfect form to the end of time until I actually try to do that first pull up that first move it's not going to make sense to me and it's the it's the same i'm not going to know the questions to ask it's like
0: why we talk about there's like there's no playbooks like the only cure is learning and doing
1: yes and then you can develop your own playbooks and your playbooks are personal to you and personal to the context that you're in and i was talking to uh i had a one-on-one with one of our uh, developers today what's up ali (laughs) <laughs> uh, and we were talking a lot about uh all the stuff that he's learning and uh and, and the point of it was um, that he had read about it and he had known about some of these things that he's learning but it wasn't until he was in this context that we're in right now which is kind of an early stage company that it made sense that he could actually learn these things and i and the important point about this whole thing was that um that you could learn a lot of things, like in his case about engineering and development. You can learn those anywhere. You can learn those on your own because you can experiment them on your own. You can place yourself in the right context. You can learn uh, in a hack group. You can learn it at a big company. You can learn it at a small company. But the stuff that he pointed out that he was learning right now at Drift, uh, he could only learn – right here, right now, because you need to be in this context to learn these lessons.
0: Right. That's, that's a really good lesson. Yeah, so it, it's because of the stage of what we're going through, yes. and he's having to apply that. Exactly. Or somebody at a bigger company could have told, yeah, this is how you do it. Like,
1: Yeah, right? they could read The Lean Startup or whatever <laughs> book they want to read all day long. <laughs> Until they're in The Lean Startup, uh, none of it was going to make yeah. sense. It'll make sense intellectually, yeah. but it won't actually make sense uh, deep down, this really. No, it's a, good, it's a really mm-hmm.
0: good lesson for this stage. It's something that I feel myself nodding along with. All right, let's get uh, tell me. So you and I were trading messages. We were kind of talking about future topics, mm-hmm. future things um, we we're going to write about. And this has been coming up a bunch. Yeah. And it's actually something that you've kind of been like preaching to our team here. Mm-hmm. Is is like as we're building a product, um, it's not just going to be about the best looking UX or the hottest mm-hmm. product or mm-hmm. the newest technology. Uh, wh- wh- where did this like idea? Where, what what spawned this this conversation about great products not always winning?
1: Uh, my own kind of experience, like other things, this comes from experience. Uh, I started as an engineer, uh, and so all engineers, whether you're a designer, or you're a marketer, or you're a writer, or whatever, if you're crafting something on your own, uh, you feel like that thing that you're building because you identify with it. You get it, and it's so uh, you get why it should exist. Uh, you think that thing should be able to stand on its own, and it should kind of sell itself, and everyone else should get it, and uh, and it's obvious because it's obvious in your own mind, and uh, and so the thing that I learned over time was that you could build the best software ever. In my case, you know, as a developer, and that if the customer didn't care, or the market didn't care, or the timing was off, or something else out of your control was. Uh, basically didn't care about the invention or the solution that you created, it didn't matter. The product was not going to win. And the best products I saw time and time again did not win. And you can go back in time, and this is not only a software thing, and look at all kinds of products that we've used in our lives, and uh, and you'll see that it's not necessarily the best products that that win, but it's the, be- it's the products that meet the need and they're able to um, – Basically, explain themselves clearly and resonate with people that win, right? That capture a movement, yeah. and that's why sometimes it's not the first, second, third, fourth, fifth. Maybe it's the tenth iteration of a of a product that really actually uh, captures escape velocity.
0: Well, I can't I can't think of an example off the off the top of my head, but I feel like there's always something that's like. You know, a bunch of your friends are early adopters, or people are mm-hmm. like, you know, fucking around with something. They're like, man, this is awesome. This is going to yeah. be the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's really amazing, but it just never, it never ends up catching on.
1: Oh, totally. That's why the uh, a lot of the times in um, amongst geeks and developers and whatever, like enthusiasts of something, the the most pure, best version in their opinion, being enthusiasts and fully understanding the problem. Uh, for them they think that should be the winner and it'll be the shittier, cheaper you know more commercial version the the more compromised version in their view that actually captures uh, escape yeah. velocity with the world
0: how does it okay so how does this actually play out like you said you know engineers designers and PMs aren't going to like this saying that good products yeah. uh, great products aren't, aren't going to win right because you you get into that you know you get into that world because you want to build amazing products right mm-hmm. and you think oh this is what this is what it's going to take to win yep. but that's obviously not the case mm-hmm. so what what do you how do you fix that
1: yep. so we fi- you know we try to fix it by having those people that create stuff be closest to the source of truth, which in art, which right. is always the customer. Right. So that's the immediate way that we solve it. And then the the other way that we try to educate is that we we can point at other companies that they may be familiar with, uh, or they may have come come from, and point at them and say those companies maybe hit escape velocity or um, hit scale without having the best product. And maybe the best product that the product that they have now, which you might think is the best was only only came about much later in their history because the first version was not the best version yeah.
0: and I feel like that's got to be so maddening right you're, it is you're building something yeah. that you know is technically better yeah but it doesn't matter does no matter. one cares right. it doesn't matter so <laughs> right. you
1: could write the best book in the world and if no one gets it and but you you yourself yeah. your mom and yeah. your best friend like and no one else in the world gets it it doesn't matter right. it wasn't the best
0: book you know my my favorite So on the marketing, like the marketing flip side of Mm -hmm. this, my favorite quote about marketing: What's that? uh, That there's no marketing cure for sucking. Yeah, I love that. Which is like, okay, you could be the best marketer in the world, right? You could be like, you know, the SEO man and like the traffic master and the branding god. You're doing all this stuff. Yeah. But if you're selling dog shit, yeah. right, it's not going to work.
1: It's not going to work. And
0: it's the same thing on both sides. Or, yeah. you're, or you're trying to market something that the market isn't ready for or people don't care about. Totally. It. So it's yeah. a timing thing all it's around. It's
1: a timing thing. And, and what you have to do, which is tricky, is is um, sort of meet in the middle. There is this place yeah. that happens all the time that where the product isn't great. It's not shit, but it's not great. Um but and the, but it's good enough for the market, and the marketing is good enough for the state of the product that together they can hit escape velocity. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: and it's probably. I mean, this has to play into why you are such a big believer in like small autonomous teams yep. because you have the authority to move fast and just like ship things. And really, the ultimate mindset which you always talk about, which is like defaulting to being wrong.
1: Yeah, being wrong. That is the uh, that's the ultimate guardrail for me. Well, the customer is, but then having this mindset of. Uh, always go in and expect that you're wrong. And uh, and again, today I had this one-on-one with Ali, and <laughs> yeah. this came up because, in a different context, yeah. it came up because um, he was talking about dynamics, you know, in teams, and how do you learn to work with other people, and all this kind of stuff that we all have to learn and struggle with and deal with different personalities and all that. Uh, and I was saying that a technique that I've used is this very technique, which is to assume that you're wrong and to use the customer as the impartial third party. And so for him being a developer and talking to other developers and you know maybe arguing about the best way to do something or the most pure way to build something, maybe instead of having that argument which is more about like my idea is better than your idea, right. say to say to them like both of our ideas are probably wrong. Let's go figure out if the customer even cares because why build something that they don't even want? Right. And then uh, get it out to them as quickly as possible, and then we can refine that. Over right.
0: Time. So let's find a way to validate this. Exactly. Again, back to lean startup. Yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah. Right. Validate. Funny. Yeah. Um, but but it's interesting because it also like it just changes the way that that you you work. Let's let's mm-hmm. ship something so we can figure out whether we're right or wrong.
1: Yeah. It took me a long time to to have the my own experiences and now be able to look at other companies and look around and say like, wow, look at all these companies. That have become so successful that didn't have the best product. And this is back to the very beginning of this conversation. Like, it took me getting into this, my own context of seeing it myself, to be able to even see that. Obviously, that was all around me the whole time, but I couldn't see it until I had gone through that journey myself and then looked around and said, oh yeah, no duh, obvious. Yeah. Uh, not the best product, doesn't always win. Uh, but you don't see that until you have certain experiences.
0: I mean, we, we talk about it, It's a, it's a popular story like when you and Elias and Performa went to HubSpot, yep. HubSpot was doing $35 million in revenue with a with a product that a lot of people knew wasn't the greatest.
1: Greatest product. Yeah. Yep. But they had the, a great story and they had great uh, market marketing fit. Marketing engine was
0: crushing it. Yeah, and-,
1: and sales engine was crushing it. And they had a great market fit, right? Problem market fit, I should say. Right. right. It's really problem market fit. Let's redefine it. So PMF is problem market fit, not product market fit. Product should stem from the problem, right? Identifying the problem, so they had amazing problem market fit, and then yes, we could fix the product and get the product to to meet the problem in the market yeah. later.
0: Yeah. All right. So let's let's leave people with a lesson. So you said something like this. this kind of this is more of a mindset thing. It seems mm-hmm. like just your lesson seems to be like once you were able to open your thinking to this, yep. understanding that the mm-hmm. great products don't always win, you're able to change the way that you work. Yes. All right.
1: So open up your mindset, problem market fit, not product market fit. But I got one more last thing to go. Go. I got a tangent to go on. Are you ready for a tangent?
0: (laughs) We're (laughs) we're ready. We're here. here. People are locked in in their cars, walking in the gym, at work, listening to Seeking Wisdom right now.
1: All right. I want to give you context. I've written a couple blog posts in the past and in some circles become infamous for, for arguing why you don't need an MBA to start a company. Right? And, I, and I stand behind that. And so, oh, so I got categorized as the anti-MBA guy. I'm not anti-MBA, but you don't need one to start a company. We oh. could talk more about that in a different episode if people want. Okay. But here's, I want to, I'm going to put out, uh, I want to hire an MBA.
0: You're hiring an MBA. DC is hiring an MBA, and we're talking about the same MBA master's degree. Yeah, <laughs> okay, <laughs> exactly MBA.
1: Right. Ideally, we're based in Boston, so this is a local thing. Yep. Uh, so ideally, uh, MBA from from one of the local schools. Okay. You know, HBS, uh, Sloan, which is MIT, or any of the other local schools, and bunch of reasons I'm doing this. But I get a lot of I've I've given some talks at a, lots of talks at at HBS or Sloan or whatever, other MBA programs. Uh, and one of the questions I get all the time, and I get it in my, in my email, which I can't answer anymore, um, uh, almost every day is like, how do I break into a fast-growing company? How do I, I'm just graduating from MBA program, like how do I get into this company, that company? How do I join Drift? And I want to be you know, a leader. I want to be an operator. I want to do, you know, I want to get into the scene. And so here's the job. It's called OIR. I'm, hi- I'm hiring an OIR. OIR stands for Operator in Residence, right? And uh, it's a one-year commitment to join me here at Drift, and you'll get to see Dave's smiling
0: face every, every day. every day. Pull over, take notes. This take is notes. important.
1: Uh, and you're going to come in, and I'm giving you the opportunity to come here and earn your way uh, either towards an operating role at Drift. In the future, a year from now, if you earn it, if you're uh, a superstar, or maybe you want to start your own company, and I'll pledge to be the first investor in your company if you kill it after
0: the first year. Damn, that's a pretty good deal. We that's were talking about day. this at lunch today. Yeah. And, or there's two, there's two outcomes. Hold on, we you can't fast forward to this. Okay. There's two outcomes. Work at Drift as OIR. Yeah. Operator right? operators work work directly under you, right? Yeah. or two, for me. W- two outcomes are. Number one, get an get a operating role at Drift, Yep, fast-growing company, mm-hmm. right? see what it's like to take a company from pre-product market fit all the way through it, yep. or you want to go start your own company if that's why you went and got your MBA or that's why you want to reach out to D.C. Yeah. in the first place, mm-hmm. he'll be the first money in.
1: I'll be the first money in. While working with me, you, you're going to have exposure, you're going to have access, you're going to meet all the people that I, that I know uh, throughout the year, but you're going to have to earn your way. All right, this is time to put your money where your mouth is and time to earn your way. So you're going to be assist me in all sorts of stuff at Drift, whether it's Drift stuff, whether it's family stuff, whatever. You're going to be right hand woman or man, whoever it is, uh, to myself, and you're going to have to earn your way. So do you think people are up for it?
0: I think this is I think this is an unbelievable opportunity. Uh a because you're 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 you have the olive branch out to the NBA crowd. right? I do. I'm uh, extending, but I think I think you know there's not a lot of operating. You're 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 extending an offer for an operating role. Yes, and then you don't even have to work at this company. Yep, you're going to get an angel check from you a year from now. From
1: a year from um, now, if you kill it.
0: If you kill it. Yeah, but I think you need to explain a little bit more because yes. I think it's not just going to be like this person is. Uh, you know, yeah. Pull up, pull up your little. Pull, pull up your my job notes, description. My job descriptions. Here. Uh, I don't know if
1: people are ready for this. No,
0: today. I think I think I, th- I don't think they're. They I, tell me they're ready. For <laughs> it. They tell. They keep
1: telling me yeah. they're ready. They but, keep telling me they're hungry. But
0: what you're looking for, and yeah. I know you, is somebody who like, isn't going to be afraid to roll up their sleeves and clean the nasty ass sink that we have here at Drift. Absolutely, all that's the way up to, to uh, you know, you get asked to speak somewhere and and go fly somewhere and 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 go hang out and. You know, experience that from yeah. helping us forecast to doing all the MBA to creating stuff.
1: powerpoints if we needed to creating decks to yeah. scheduling meetings yeah. to uh, be you know doing any of that stuff that to answer my email. You want to answer my email? Well, someone he, needs yeah, to. you. Somebody needs. Please, <laughs>
0: please take this job. He yeah, needs help with because I don't answer. Um, <laughs> all right, you got your bullets but, up. Give yeah, a, give my, us my, give my, us some. my bullets. Go right here.
1: So it's a one-year mission, like I said, to come here and. After one year, you will have either earned an operating role, ideally in a leadership capacity, but no promises at drift. Again, you need to earn it. You decide to start your own company, and I will be the first money in. If you're the, if you are this rock star, you gotta be super hungry, ready to prove yourself. That should go without saying. Uh, you're ready to outwork, out hustle, out grind everyone around here, including Uncle DC. That's gonna be hard. He gets up really early. It's obnoxious. <laughs> uh, it is obnoxious. And uh, by the end of the year, you, you will have recruited your own replacement and trained them, uh, you know, as you take your new role. But you'll be doing everything from scheduling to emails, my emails, that is, to helping out with Drift, family, traveling, uh, either coordination or traveling with me, uh, being the single point of contact for, like, mostly external communication, uh, creating presentations, creating spreadsheets, creating decks, uh, analyzing the market. Uh, all of the stuff that you've been training to do, you're going to get to do here at Drift. And, uh, in return, you're going to either have earned your spot on the team or earned your check for your first company. And you're going to have access to, uh, my network, to everyone that I know. Uh, you're going to have exposure and, uh, maybe you'll even be, uh, have some time on Seeking
0: Wisdom. Maybe. We'll see. Don't push it, man. You gotta get through, (laughs) you gotta get through DG. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. Uh, I don't think you gave enough weight to the like you're using the core MBA skills, like the yes, operational that's stuff. That's true. I think um, you know, but I I know you, and I know the test is going to be use the core operational stuff, but show sure, you can put in the work yeah. and do the grind. And it's I'm, not you're not having somebody answer your emails because like you know you just want to like can can you roll up your sleeves and and be and in the get lead. it done?
1: So, yeah, listen first thing. Listen to our carry the water episode. Right, super important. And you should not. Uh, think about this opportunity if one you're concerned with getting paid as an MBA right this is uh, an apprenticeship you're going to get paid and you get paid uh, comfortably but uh, you're you're afraid to roll up your sleeves and get dirty and like Dave said clean the sink if the sink has to be clean you're afraid to carry the water and if you're concerned with Nine to five, work life balance, whatever. This ain't the place for you. And uh, and if you think that people should care about your past experience or your degrees uh, and that should earn you a spot, then you're wrong. And probably this is the wrong place for you. But I think it's going to be a tremendous opportunity. I hope someone, I hope lots of people reach out, and I hope we find a superstar through Seeking Wisdom. I love it.
0: I think it's. I think it's a great idea. You keep coming up with PR ideas left and right. <laughs> <laughs> I've, okay, wait. wait. I want to ask a serious right. question. No, what, more,
1: no more uh, what do you think? advertising.
0: No, no. I love it. I love it. Uh, what, what are we going to do? we post this somewhere? Yeah, we're going to post it
1: somewhere. So in the show notes of this episode, I'll have a link uh, that you can go to and you can post it with all the stuff written up uh, that we mentioned and more. And, uh, and then you know if we do end up hiring someone from the Seeking Wisdom crowd...
0: Uh, we'll tell you about it in a future episode. Damn. And I love it. And get, and get on a future episode and say, what we got to tell, that'll be the seeking wisdom is telling the story about how they, how they heard it applied. I love it, bro. What do you think? Uh, what do you want this to change? Like you think, are you going into this thing is going to change your perspective or are you just, uh, just trying to do something different?
1: I'm trying to, I'm not, I don't know if I'm trying to change my perspective. I'm trying to, um. Give someone an, op- uh, an opportunity. Yeah. So the thing, one of the things that I love the most is because uh, lots of people have given me, and an endless list of people throughout my life have given me uh, a hand up, right, and have given me an opportunity. And one thing that I love is finding those hidden gems and finding those people who just need, you know, someone to help them even a little bit so that they can get going. Uh, so I want to do that. I want to try to help someone. And I, I hear... We don't have an operating role for, for a fresh MBA grad, right, uh, at Drift. But I get so many people contact me who contact me who is that type of person. Yeah. And so here, this is a way to to offer someone like that an opportunity. And we can use the help.
0: That's right. No doubt. All right. That'll wrap it up for this episode. So we talked about why great products don't always win. And we talked about if you're an MBA locally here in Boston, Cambridge, This could be your opportunity to come spend a year here, work directly for DC, and be Drift's uh, very first operator in residence.
1: All right, booyah!